Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield has earned 100% of my support for when he does this. That's just plain and simple. Were you happy with that, job? Was I happy with the job? No, we didn't score points. That's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Mm. Anyone defending that reporter is wrong. All reporters and media members do is criticize players. So when players clap back, as the kids say, I love it. Welcome to the opposition's position on Dogs by Nature. I'm your host, Thelonious Seven. On this episode of the show, we're joined by Brandon Perna. Brandon hosts a YouTube channel called That's Good Sports. In this show, he plays the role of a fake news anchor and talks about the NFL and the Denver Broncos. His most recent episode was so unbelievably on point that I had to reach out to him, and I feel fortunate to have him on the show ahead of the game in Denver. Brandon, welcome to Dogs by Nature Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. My YouTube channel is That's Good Sports, where I produce uh, football, comedy, news videos pretty much every day. So if anyone wants to check that out, uh, that's what I have to offer. Well, Brandon, I'm a huge fan of the show, and I absolutely love what you had to say about Baker's response to Tony Grossi in the now infamous press conference. Coach Freddie Kitchens always talks about how media chases controversy, but in this case, it seems like some members of the traditional press have started to use their access to create the controversy. What does the story look like to you from the Rockies? Do you see similar trends as you parse these narratives? Well, I've thought for a long time that many media members ask dumb questions during players' press conferences, and I think players and coaches have to talk to the media way too frequently as well. So it's no surprise that Baker on a struggling team got frustrated with a, you know, silly question. In terms of what the story looks like from Denver, I don't think many people here are focused on it or paid too much attention to it other than, you know, clips that people might see on Twitter. And in terms of the the, the Broncos media trying to do the same thing, like, I mean, I've heard bad questions here before. One of my videos, uh, early videos on my YouTube channel is making fun of one of the, the local media members asking John Elway if he thought about coaching the team, which I thought was a ridiculous and, and dumb question. So, yeah, I think it's pretty much the same in every market, sort of, uh, regardless of how the the team is doing. But when a team is not winning, those sort of things tend to maybe turn into stories because players are heated or coaches are heated and they're all just tired of losing. And then they have to answer bad or dumb questions. And uh, sometimes you get gems. Like, I love when this sort of thing happens because with the Baker story, it gave me something to talk about this week. Yeah. You and most of America. You know, to me, it was more than just a question. You know, most people just laugh at bad questions. But this was more than just a bad question. It was a reporter refusing to give up on a story. And you're right about the tension in Cleveland. The tension in Cleveland was like a powder keg. The story was an interesting spectacle for sure, but not at all unexpected. Well, let's get back to some football. Last Sunday, we kept a close eye on the game in central Indiana. I came away surprised at how well the defense played. For most of the game, I felt like you outplayed the Colts in the Pseudo-Dome, but somehow the Colts were able to get it done. Did you ever feel at any point in this game that Denver would find a way to win it? 
Is this what you thought you'd be seeing at the beginning of this year? I did think the Broncos were going to pull out a victory there. I was cautious because the Broncos have lost, uh, they had lost two games earlier this season in the exact same fashion where they took a one-point lead with less than two minutes in the game and then the Bears beat them and the Jacksonville Jaguars beat them. So I was cautiously optimistic. Uh, the Broncos defense was playing great against Indianapolis and that's why I thought they would, would be able to get a stop there. But, you know, Jacoby Brissett makes an amazing play, escaping Von Miller's sack to, you know, move the chains and then get the Colts in, in field goal range. So uh, it crushed me. I expected it to be a possibility that it would crush me, and it did. In terms of what I expected from this team this year, no, I think I probably was more optimistic that the the team could be good but you know with the new head coach they brought in another new quarterback in Joe Flacco they have a new offensive coordinator defensive coordinator special team like all these things take time to sort of develop so I'm not surprised that the Broncos aren't winning as many games as they are I'm surprised in the way they've lost some of these games and I'm surprised that they are already having to move on from Joe Flacco. Uh, yes, it's an injury they're moving on from, but even if he wasn't hurt, I think switching to Brandon Allen at this point is the right move. Although Broncos fans are wondering why Drew Locke's not playing yet, but uh, I think that's kind of a, a whole different thing to get into. Uh, but at this point, I, I don't know what I expect anymore. I'm just hoping that the team continues to grow because the defense is really good. So I think Vic Fangio and Ed Donatell are doing uh, a really a nice job with the Broncos defense, who's down some key players and Bradley Chubb. Uh, they've had to play a bunch of different guys at corner next to Chris Harris Jr. this season, and they found a, a really good linebacker in Alexander Johnson, and safety Justin Simmons is having a career year. So there's some positive things on the defensive side of the ball. Joe Rolls from the Mile High Report listed Justin Simmons as his secret superstar. We'll keep a close eye on him going into the Sunday's contest. Now, this next question you touched on a little bit in your previous answer, but I must confess, I didn't even know the name of the guy you're rolling out as your backup. But this Sunday, we will get to see the work of Brandon Allen firsthand. First, is this as bad as it looks? How much, if at all, do you anticipate missing Flacco? What do you know about Allen? Well, like everybody else on earth, I know very, very little about uh, Brandon Allen. But again, uh, I think I, I just touched on this a little bit. I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. I think he might be a better fit, actually, for the Broncos' offensive scheme. Rich Scangarello came over from San Francisco with, uh, you know, coaching under Kyle Shanahan. They like to set up a lot of, uh, of their offense on, on play action and roll out bootlegs and naked boots and these things where your quarterback needs to be somewhat mobile, which Joe Flacco is not. So in, in that department, I think, you know, Brandon Allen's 27. He's probably, at the very least, a little more athletically gifted in the department of being able to use his legs for mobility on a football field which was never a strength of Joe Flacco. So in, in that area, he might be an upgrade. I think Broncos fans have seen enough from Joe Flacco. 
he has played some pretty good football for the Broncos and some pretty bad football. I think getting away from taking really bad sacks that puts the offense in uh, a poor position frequently is uh, another area. Maybe a guy like Brandon Allen can be an improvement, but he's also a young guy who hasn't played a lot so that is never a guarantee for a young quarterback to not take sacks or or make mistakes if he doesn't turn the ball over uh, and the broncos can run the ball effectively then he might have a, a strong outing and we've seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks play well this year from kyle allen with the the panthers gardner Minshew with the jacksonville and then you've got teddy bridgewater killing it with the saints so there's uh, there's hope that a young backup quarterback who hasn't played a lot can maybe help the Broncos get at least one win this week. I think I'd be more confident facing Flacco because he's the devil we know. I mean, we don't know if Brandon Allen's going to end up being the next Gardner Minshew. In any case, even with questions at the quarterback position, Denver's still going to be a difficult game to win. Now, moving on to the next question... Another thing that I enjoy about your show is your ruthless treatment of the pillagers from Plymouth. When did you hone your invective for that Franken team? Did you see any way that they don't continue to terrorize the league? Uh, I, the pillagers from Plymouth. I might, I might have to steal that. Yeah. I, when did I start hating the Patriots? A long time ago, I think. Oh man, the. After they won their second Super Bowl, I said, you know, this is probably enough for this team. I like to root for new teams to win. So seeing them continue to win uh, started to wear on my patience. And I think I learned how much much I hated them when they lost to the Giants in that uh, with their, their first Super Bowl loss with, with Brady. Oh, yeah, it, they had won three Super Bowls. Sorry, not two. Three Super Bowls. And that's when I had had enough of them. But I just remember rooting very, very hard for them to lose to the Giants, and they did. And that was like the first time I felt a ton of joy watching a team lose a Super Bowl. Uh, so that's when I realized like I really did not like the Patriots. The thing that will keep them from terrorizing the league is aging, Tom Brady getting older. Uh, I think that's the the biggest thing that can stop them. This season's weird because they've played like the worst competition we've ever seen a, a team have for a, such an extended stretch. And now their defense is playing just amazing football. So that sucks because the offense seems to not be great so far this season. They'll probably click by the playoffs. But uh, I do have some hope that since they've played such poor competition that they can get knocked out of the playoffs when they have to play, you know, two good teams in, you know, back-to-back games. So that's kind of uh, where I'm trying to be optimistic with the, the Patriots. Oh, yeah, I remember. I got way too happy with that David Tyree catch. You bringing up that point reminds me that sometimes schadenfreude can seem sweeter than love. Okay, one more quick question about your GM before I ask you for a prediction. So, my first clear sports memory was when Biner fumbled and ended our historic comeback and atoning for the drive of the previous year. 
I still get agitated when I see that Elway smile. I know that Tim Tebow had to suffer so that Manning could produce a trophy, but other than that, John Elway's really struggled to stabilize the quarterback position in Denver. Is this guy going to be a staple forever there? Could he be on the hot seat soon? Yeah, one of one of my friends uh, is a Browns fan. One of my buddy's wives is a Browns fan. And I did another Browns podcast this week. And I always forget how much Browns fans hate John Elway. So uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't know if Elway's actually on the, the hot seat I think, uh, yes, he is, he's definitely failed as a GM in terms of finding a replacement for Peyton Manning, but I think in terms of finding a good quarterback in the NFL, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Elway's whiffed pretty hard, though. The Paxton Lynch draft was a, was a bad, bad selection, um, you know, Brock Osweiler, you can debate one way or the other. He did win some very important games for the Broncos, won against the Patriots in prime time during their 2015 Super Bowl run. So just having that guy there to get the Broncos those wins in that season where Peyton Manning, you know, came back uh, at the end and in the playoffs and the defense led that team to a Super Bowl, like that's, I, I, I think that gives the Brock Osweiler draft pick some credibility but post Manning it's been it's been tough but I'm I grew up you know watching John Elway and being a fan of John Elway so I'll probably be more lenient in terms of the the leash I would give him that's why I would say he's not on the hot seat right now it's just frustrating when your your team's losing and the Broncos have been losing for a couple years now, which is out of the ordinary for them. But if Drew Locke, the guy they drafted last or this last draft in the second round, turns out to be a good quarterback, or hell, even we get lucky with this Brandon Allen guy, that fixes a lot of problems if you're an NFL team. If you know you have a quarterback that can win you games, you know, things are going to, the perception of how you've performed as a GM switches like overnight a good quarterback could change that and maybe they take one in this next draft I don't know uh, it's hard to say but I think those those sort of things take time to build and I, I think it's hard to you know say a GM's bad because they haven't found the next franchise quarterback for their team when we see so many teams <laughs> struggle with that for decades uh, not to point fingers but uh, the Browns. I'm pointing. It's the Browns. They've they've had a really hard time with that, and they've taken a lot of shots. That's why I think John Dorsey deserves a statue right now. The selection of Mayfield has gotten this team out of quarterback purgatory. We'll see what happens going into this game Sunday, as far as Brandon Allen is concerned. So let's get to the prediction. Sunday, in terms of the matchup, I think it'll probably be a close game closer than it should that's just the way the Broncos games have gone this season again the x-factor is Brandon Allen if he can move the ball and score points in the red zone then the Broncos have a good chance to win because their defense is really good and the Browns offense has struggled you know Baker Mayfield's made a lot of mistakes there's been a lot of turnovers your offensive line has issues and the Broncos 
Uh, with Von Miller, even though his sack numbers are down, they still have a formidable pass rush. It took a little bit to get going this season. Malik Reed is opposite Von Miller. Uh, so there might be some guys getting to Baker that you haven't heard of. And again, there's the Vic Fangio has the defense playing very sound football. So unless the Broncos defense kind of gives up because the offense is playing horrendous football, I think it'll be uh, a tough matchup for for Cleveland. And obviously with Miles Garrett, you guys on defense could easily make issues for a first time really, you know, starting quarterback. So I don't know. <laughs> That's a long-winded way of saying I don't know. I think it'll be a close game. I feel like the Broncos have a a chance to steal a win here, but the Browns are favored, so I don't know. I'm gonna pick the Broncos to win like by three, twenty to seventeen. I definitely think this game is going to be closer than most people think. I'm excited about the matchup Sunday, and hopefully Cleveland can get one in the win column. Brandon. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here at Dogs by Nature Radio. Any parting words? Yeah, thank you. thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. And uh, good luck this weekend, even though I hope you lose. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Once again, his name is Brandon Perna. His show is That's Good Sports. He can be found at Brandon Perna on Twitter. Okay, we'll put this one in the books. You've been listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Thelonious7. Take care.